0: with Kate and Liz. We're back with more famous disappearances. Um, Liz did an excellent job last week, DB Cooper. I would go back and listen if you somehow missed it. I mean, how could you have missed? Aren't you just waiting at the edge of your seat every Wednesday morning to listen to one of our new episodes? Come on.
1: Yeah, no, thank you, Wikipedia. (laughs) That's where I got (laughs) everything from. um, But yes, that was like a kind of more like historic one, um, and like I yours today kind of has like a timely tie-in, which we are it gonna does. dance and rave about because we are angry women.
0: <laughs> oh my God! Listen, I I know we should just get into it. I am just gonna plug our Instagram account at famous Kate and Liz, Kate with a C. Go there, DM us. Um, we love to hear from you guys, new ideas for episodes, series, you know. One-offs, we love kind of diving into anything. Yes, and thank Amber
1: um, V who sent in some suggestions. Great suggestions.
0: Yes. Yes. Amber V is like our star. She's basically the executive producer of this operation, if you will. And she's been with us since our evening booze hour days. I mean, we've literally been podcasting, quote unquote, um, since what what year did we start EBH in?
1: I don't even know, like 2017. No. 18? Yeah, it
0: m- yeah. must have been 17 or the beginning of 2018. No, it was, it was 2017.
1: EBH, Evening Boomer, our old podcast yeah. for three years. And I think we've done this one for almost two years. Two,
0: yeah. Oh, I think okay. it's been over two because we started in January.
1: Yeah, so I think it's 2017.
0: Yeah, crazy. Anyway, so we've, yeah. we're just running this operation here and Amber V has been an integral part <laughs> since like day one, yeah. actually. She's a day one. So I yeah. always you want to shout out
1: listeners from day one. Yeah. And Amber, yeah. thank you. You're the best.
0: We really do. And if you're a day one listener, please message us on Instagram, which you probably already follow us at famous Kate and Liz Kate with see because you guys are the best and we love you. Um but I am going to start off ranting and raving and as always please 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 feel free to jump in at any time. Um yeah you're more eloquent than I am. Oh you God. can stop me from saying something that will get me canceled <laughs> potentially. Anytime you want to jump in it's cool. Um But I do have, like, a semi-public service announcement. Um, You know, I usually like to cover historically marginalized communities Mm -hmm. while I'm selecting, you know, possible subjects for our series themes. And um, the three women I'm going to talk about, they're white and they're women. So you're like, okay, White women. Right. Yeah, and we're finding out more and more women's rights are being taken away and it's 100% something like obviously to be concerned about. So I was like, there we go. I need to do um, I need to do the story about women, women's rights. Don't care what color you are, like what race, religion. If you're a woman, your rights are being taken away yeah. at this day yeah
1: so sorry to interrupt i mean i was just thinking about like yes we're doing disappearances and our rights are disappearing before our eyes for sure and like we also talked about i think last time how maybe just you and i were talking about like how men tend to disappear and like the other two cases have been men right they'll go off and disappear where a woman's gonna get like abducted like they'll go off and start a new life have the second family do whatever but like women it's like a much more violent situation usually when they disappear and usually and like that's yeah it's just like the world feels like it's against you right now because not only are you statistically more likely to get killed by your husband than like anyone else you know I know or forced to have a baby in some places you know it's just like it's not You can't win it feels like sometimes so I'm glad that you're doing this because it's like highlights yes the abortion rights that we are you know no longer have many of us Uh, unfortunately you and I live in places where we do but also just like once against women you know
0: yeah yeah so this one's for the women okay that is um you know kind of the the way I'm gonna steer this ship which you know I love pirates so Yes. (laughs) gotta make a gotta make a pirate pun at some point (laughs) well and this does take place around water too so maybe it could have been pirates too i don't know this is a disappearance this is a cold case people we don't know what happens it's a mystery so um could have been the pirates could have been the pirates Uh, (laughs) um but i specifically chose this case because the disappearance aspect of this case may have had something to do with abortions And this was in the 1960s, so it took place before Roe v. Wade. So, you know, this could be like a past story warning us of the dangers of a time, you know, before abortions were illegal. And um, then in the now times, when again, abortions are illegal. For some, not all, but either way, uh, it's an absolute atrocity. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how else to put it. Um, And it does affect everybody.
1: And it's like a men's issue too. Okay. It's an everybody issue really. It Um.
0: literally affects everybody. Yeah. And as you were saying, like, it's great to live in a state where you do have the right to choose, but there are millions of people living in states where they don't have that right. And we should literally all be shaking in our boots right now that a handful of people are making the decisions and those decisions align with religion and the minority, um, and the minority, because the majority of Americans are pro-choice, aka educated, which don't get me started on how the GOP is hell-bent on ruining the public school system so that the people with a lower socioeconomic status stay as uneducated as humanly possible, um, giving us very similar vibes to the privatization of prisons. That is yes. something I can That's rant great. about for oh hours.
1: Snap, <laughs> Professor Kate, that was like yeah. a really good dissertation right there.
0: <laughs> I cannot stress enough how angry it makes me, how blatant the GOP, blatantly the GOP is defunding our public schools and trying to make it at, like as bad as possible. And then it's going to be way too late when... People actually start waking up and being like, oh, they're ruining public schools. And now, like, you can only get an education if you can afford one. And
1: we're like the only country where like college debt is a huge problem.
0: <laughs> like it's it's disgusting. It's it's horrific. It's not setting anybody off on the right foot. Like you should be taking care of your people. Like, we need to remember that like. When it all boils down to, like, nothing? Is that the saying? I don't know. But (laughs) when it all boils down, like, we, the people, are actually supposed to be in charge of this country. So if the majority of people are for something or against something, that is what should be happening. And it's just not. And it is a serious problem and a serious time right now. And I just think we shouldn't just be bystanders anymore and um it's just something to think about and and you really i am gonna end my rant
1: you have to vote vote. like that's how these people get in power and that's the like only tool we really have
0: i know know, but they're making it so hard for everybody to vote so it's like saying vote it's great but what is that really even accomplishing because apparently they're the representatives are not representing representing the majority. Right.
1: Well, and the two-party system just fucking sucks, anyways. You know, like I know. Even yeah.
0: There's so many problems. And and yep. like we might get into this again if we do um, you know, like Amber V suggested, famous activists or something like that. So we can get more into it. And this is not supposed to be like a political thing, but this is our podcast so we really talk about whatever we want to yeah but we we do like to keep it light you know on the lighter side (sighs) just as something to escape to so um but I am going to be done ranting so if you have anything else to say about that um I
1: think you very eloquently said it all so
0: yeah so basically all I really wanted to say was you know this case may have something to do with abortions in a time when abortions were illegal, a.k.a. more dangerous for everybody involved. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll just get into it now. So I am doing, by the way, <laughs> the disappearance of Renee, Patricia, and Anne. There are these three women, um, and I'm just going to get into it now. So I found an article from the Chicago Tribune titled Without a Trace, written June 21st, 1987 by Edward Bowman and John O'Brien, and this case is also known as the Indiana Dunes Mystery. So you might know you might remember it by that name from a podcast or whatever. It's like a popular
1: but yes, I pro- I mean once you get into it hopefully.
0: Yeah, I think you're going to like get a light bulb moment. Um so Okay, so the Indiana Dunes mystery is the name of the article I found on unsolvedcasebook.com, which is an awesome site. And I'm definitely going to go back there for future episodes because you could just be on that site for, like, hours just looking into unsolved cases. And Mm -hmm. um, uh, it's crazy. It's almost like a Wikipedia for unsolved anything. Okay. Anyway, look into it if you, Dad, you that know, are, are very yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> next time you're in a waiting room, just look up unsolvedcasebook.com and you'll thank me later. So, um, basically on unsolvedcasebook.com, they did an excellent job of breaking down this case. So I'm basically going to read straight from unsolvedcasebook.com. So, um, <laughs> that's what you're getting. <laughs> whether you like it or not um so we're gonna go back to the swing in the 60s for this case great times great times in the 60s and now Liz what do you think about when you think of the 60s
1: when you said swing in 60s the first thing that came to mind was Austin
0: Powers (laughs) yes thank you I knew you were gonna say Austin Powers because that's the first thing I think of and we share a brain. And it's like that Exhibit like, 5000. It's like
1: such a stereotype of the 60s, right? It's like <laughs> so oh, silly. It's
0: so good. It's just so good. Um, yeah, so just get your mind into Austin Powers 60s even though that is like we're talking like Indiana 1960s.
1: Now yeah, baby. now
0: oh my god i think i just peed a little (laughs) yeah baby yeah um okay so i guess think the opposite of austin powers if we're in indiana um okay (laughs) but right don't you think i just feel like indiana
1: more like the nixon 60s you know
0: exactly (laughs) yes get your head into the nixon 60s (laughs) oh god I, I love it party yeah <laughs> yes oh my god I am there mentally we are all there mentally skinny because it was tie. before Roe v. Wade yeah
1: skinny ties like you know suits that are very well pressed and, and crew cuts lots of crew cuts Yeah,
0: pencil skirts mm-hmm. beehive hair like crazy oh. yeah okay so It was the 4th of July weekend of 1966, which, again, another timely, you know, we're right, right past the 4th of July. Um, And historically, like, hate to be a Debbie Downer, but the 4th of July is surrounded by tragic accidents Mm. every single year. And many of those take place on or near the water. And this disappearance is no exception because it takes place um, at a beach on...
1: Everyone should um, learn CTR,
0: I'm just saying. I know. It's so true. Like because but, of- but this this is a disappearance. So, but yes, there are drownings. <laughs> yes. Like you it's you're my own speaking. Job. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh my God. I love that. Um, no, but yeah, yeah, that's actually a good good idea. Just like water safety to don't drink and drive a boat. I don't know, God, it's just yeah. like uh, oh it's God. so it makes me yeah. like cringe.
1: The freaking Murda family case, uh, yes, South Carolina, the, that boat accident with that family. Oh my god, that just sounds so horrific.
0: Um, that those they are horrible, horrible people. <laughs> yes, and that was the Fourth of July weekend, wasn't it?
1: Oh, I don't know, but yeah, that was, oh just, okay,
0: uh, yeah. I feel like that might have been. I don't know why I thought that, but okay. Um. So anyway, I am now going to read, get comfortable. I'm going to read you a little story. I literally feel like it's like story time with my kids. Listen up, children. I'm literally in my bed. (laughs) I am too. Okay. Good night, so cozy. Settle in, children, and listen to my tale of true crime. (laughs) My kids would just roll their eyes like, again, (laughs) why are you talking about true crime? Again, mom, stop. Okay. So, the Indiana Dunes mystery took place during the 4th of July weekend in 1966. Whilst enjoying a visit to the Indiana Dunes State Park, three friends mysteriously vanished without a trace. They were never seen again. Did they plan their own disappearance? Were they involved in a tragic accident? I literally feel like I'm reading <laughs> my children at story time. Like, or had something far more sinister taken place? Huh, children? <laughs> sinister oh god okay i'm gonna stop reading it like the playgroup leader than i am <laughs> um okay so this is basically this group of three women this okay. is their trip to the beach okay okay and they're, they're all... all
1: they all knew each other what?
0: they're all yes friends. yes they're, they're, friends. they're friends they're friends yes 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 so It was a hot summer day on Saturday, July 2nd, 1966, when Ann Miller, age 21, got into her car and went to pick up her two friends, Patricia Blau and Renee Brule, both 19, from their Chicago homes. So they're in the Chicago area. Ann had become close friends with the other women after meeting Patricia and Renee, who were already close from high school, at the stables where the trio kept horses. And this may come into play later. That they were all friends from this specific like stable. Okay. Where I think one, I think Anne, well, I don't know which one of them, one of them was actually like a horse trainer at the stables. So one of them actually worked at the stables, and that's where like kind of these three girls became friends.
1: Okay. I say, yeah, so,
0: so all rich friends, horses. Yeah, got- I know. Yeah, if you have a horse, historically, famously, you're rich. So, yeah, I'm congratulations.
1: Sixties for sure. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Back like in the day, I mean, everybody had a horse, so like you had to literally have Park a horse. Was
1: invented.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I almost just spit out my mind. Okay, so after collecting her friends, Anne began the hours drive to visit the Indiana Dunes State Park. Anne and Patricia had visited the area on the shores of Lake Michigan the week prior and enjoyed the visit enough to return, but this time with Renee. So they're like, this place is awesome. Renee, you need to come with us. So after a brief stop along the way to buy sunscreen, the threesome, the threesome arrived at the beach at around 10 a.m. I'm sorry. I'm an eighth grade boy. <laughs> um, so, so, you know, they drive to this beach on the shores of Lake Michigan, which think like ocean at this point. I mean, you might as well be at the ocean because Lake Michigan's like famously huge. Apparently. Um, Is that the one that Detroit is on?
1: Uh, I should know this, but I don't.
0: I think it is. I think it's on Lake Michigan because if so, I've been sailing on Lake Michigan. Oh,
1: okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh God. Um, I, it's huge. You're right. Like it's like Chicago,
0: yeah. Michigan, that whole like, yeah. And now Indiana. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like um, when I was, I was just like on a sailboat near the shore. Like, I mean, but it legit looked like I was at the ocean and a huge ocean liner tanker ship went by. Yeah. And I was like, oh, damn. Like, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, I just had never pictured, like, ocean liner tankers. Like, it's just crazy. It's mind-blowing. So, it's kind of like the Grand Canyon. You don't right. get it till you've been there. They You're call like, it the Great
1: oh. Lakes, so it's got to be great.
0: Yes? <laughs> Good point. Fair <laughs> point. Fair point. <laughs> okay, so we're on the shore of Lake Michigan, these three girls. So... The combination of hot weather and a holiday weekend assured it was a busy day with get this almost 9,000 visitors attending the beach that day.
1: Oh my god, that's a lot.
0: Yeah, for like this state park, but again, I think it said there was like 60 something miles of like or like maybe 26, I don't know, I'm dyslexic, but um 26, 62 miles. I mean, either one is a lot of miles of beachfront. for the state park to have. So um, amongst the visitors of the 9,000 were a young couple, Mike Yankalassa Yankalassa, and Francis Cicero, who set themselves down near Anne Patricia, and Renee, not knowing at the time that they would become key witnesses to the disappearance of the three friends. So, I mean, this place is packed. People are kind of just like, You know, you're like, all right, let's set down this spot. And then you kind of become familiar with the people that are around you because that's just what you're observing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So at around midday, the young couple watched on as the trio entered the water in their swimsuits, leaving all their other items behind on the beach, which like nowadays you would never do. Like you could never just leave your purse and your car keys, like on your beach towel. I mean, maybe you could, but you wouldn't. Right. (laughs) So, um, Oh, so this couple that was next to them, they shortly saw the three shortly after saw the three women in the water talking to a man on a boat before boarding the boat. And by the way, I think it said there was something like 6,000 boats,
1: Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Like, so there's,
0: so it is, sounds like it is a pact. And there's actually video evidence, like, of this day. Someone actually took, like, a video, like, think JFK, like, shooting video. (laughs) It's like.
1: Another rich person in the 60s who has a video camera.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like, you know, the only footage. So, uh, I don't know. It's it's crazy.
1: Ah, Okay.
0: Yeah. So, um. They were, like, you know, probably watching what the women were doing because they're just sitting on their beach towel, like, looking around, like, oh, and these, those three women that were just sitting next to us are, like, talking to this guy in a boat. Whoa, like, you know, just something to talk about. <laughs>
1: okay, I get just, it. I oh, get it. You're, like, people watching. That's what you do at the beach,
0: you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. If you could pay me to sit on the T and just people watch. <laughs> like, everybody gets on the, the tea, the train, the metro. And just is on their phone i don't even go out like we used to live in newton so i would take the tea into boston or the public gardens you know when when penny was a baby on her stroller i'm like i'm not on my phone i am looking around watching what everybody's doing if there was a crime committed please i'd be like okay let me tell you exactly (laughs) like what happened oh my god i could people watch
1: yes people didn't know they needed
0: (laughs) Yeah, or like in the public gardens, sit me on a bench. I can't wait to be a grandma. Just like sitting on a park bench, watching society crumble around me. (laughs) Like, yeah. Yeah. Will there even be an earth by the time I'm an old lady? Probably not. But I digress. (laughs) This is like so dark, this episode. It's dark, dark times, people. Dark times. Okay. So back to the case at around midday, the young couple watched on. Nope. already read that. Okay. As the hours passed and the sun started to set, Mike and Francis began packing up to leave. So this couple, they're like, okay, we've been here for the whole day. Let's just go. And it's at this point that they realized that the three women never came back and all their belongings were still there. And this included um, a purse, cigarettes, car keys, money and clothes. So I think it was something like $55 in checks. Okay. And then like another one left like $5 or something, which I think it said that was $40 in today's time, like $5 back Mm -hmm. then, like 40 now. So the couple decided like they were staying there late and they may, may even have decided like let's just stay a little longer to make sure these girls come back. And then like, finally they're like, okay, we can't wait here any longer, but like, we're kind of concerned. So they hand in all the items to a nearby park ranger named Bud Connor. And they just kind of informed him, like these three girls were sitting on this blanket with all this stuff. And they went in and we saw them talking to this guy in a boat. And then we never saw them again. And their stuff is like, all their stuff is here. Like, they didn't take anything with them. So um, this couple would days later describe the boat and they stated it was approximately 16 to 18 feet long with an outboard motor, um, a white boat with a blue interior, and it had three holes. So, you know, there's like a boat and then you can put like the two things on the side to kind of like help it float better.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's that's like the kind of boat that it was so white three holes blue interior one guy that this couple saw them talking to thinking there's just like boats all over the place like were they
1: on his boat actually or were they just like nearby talking to it
0: talking to. so they said that they saw them um talking to a man on a boat Oh, oh yes. Before boarding it. Yeah. Okay, okay. So he, this couple believes that they saw these, these specific three women get on this boat.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that's their story. Okay. Um, and it would actually be another two days before the Rangers would realize that the items belonged to three women who had been reported missing. So, you know, they're probably just given a ton of things like, oh yeah, these people never came back. Here's like a purse or whatever, you know, like, 9,000 people are there. They're probably getting so many things. So the station took a call from Patricia blow blows father looking for information. And I believe he's like an ex military guy. So I think he knew like, okay, we got to get, you know, a hold of the authorities there. Like he's kind of the main parent, like looking in into this stuff. Um, but he knew that his daughter had visited there that Sunday, but she and her two friends, like had never come back home. So he's calling and now these Rangers are aware and they're thinking, Oh yeah, well this couple did give me all this stuff and say that three women got on a boat. So I think it like kind of rang a bell in his brain. Like, Oh yeah, this sounds familiar. So at this point, the park superintendent, William Svedek remembered the items Uh, Oh, we handed in. Yep. I already said that. So he saw the car keys belonging to Ann Miller, which was one of the items that was found on the blanket. And he went to go locate the vehicle and he found that the car in the parking lot um, confirmed that it was the keys, you know, the car keys fit into the car and okay, here's their car. They went parked. The car never moved keys were found on the blanket like okay they didn't drive off anywhere so step one (laughs) is done so sergeant edward burke was placed in command of the initial investigation and he set about questioning staff members of the park and composing an index of the articles ann miller patricia blau and renee brule had left behind on the shore And um, a search of the beach surrounding the south shore of Lake Michigan and the water itself was requested. So they're like, okay, I guess. But this, I think, is two days later, which we know that, like, the first 48 are the most important, like, in any disappearance or any crime, really, I guess. Um, So, unfortunately... The delay from the women disappearing and the search taking place meant locating any clues would be near impossible. Um, And Ann Miller's car hadn't been moved since the trio arrived on Saturday morning and no additional indication of the women's whereabouts could be determined from the vehicle. So they're like, okay, I guess we have like everything we have and we need to find out more. So, of course, they're going to question the friends and family of the missing people because I think they knew, like, okay, we have, like, we're guessing a crime scene here. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: so, inside Renee Brule's purse, and she was the only one of the three who was married. Okay. And actually, like, one of the things I read in that um, Chicago Tribune article was, like, Anne Anne went to go pick up her friends and the parents were like, okay, when are you going to be back? And, um, she was like, we have to be back early because Renee has to cook dinner for her husband. And like the parents specifically, yeah, of course, which like, who else is going to make his dinner? Like, you better get your ass home in the kitchen and make your husband some goddamn dinner. (laughs) Um, but you know, the parents, like, specifically remember, no, they had planned on coming home, like, actually right. earlier yeah. than they probably normally would. So, they knew, like, they are missing. They they had plans of coming back, early, like, earlier. So, um, a weird piece of, like, evidence, I guess, was inside Renee, the woman who was married's purse, officers found a note penned by... Renee herself and dated two weeks earlier and it was directed to her husband Jeffrey. And she wrote that she wanted to leave him because he spent all his spare time working on his cars and hanging out with his friends.
1: Oh my God. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) Which is like. What an asshole. (laughs) 1966. Yeah. Indiana. Um, so this led investigators to obviously interview Jeffrey, and he informed officers that as far as he was aware, the pair had no difficulties in their marriage. <laughs> He's like, Oh, what? No, everything's fine. I just make her come home from her girl's day out to cook me dinner, like everything's fine,
1: friends, and work in my car, yeah. and spend any time with her afterwards. <laughs> yeah,
0: nothing's wrong. So, uh, Renee's family also actually rejected the significance of the letter, like being any sign of like foul play. And they said that, you know, she probably wrote the letter in a moment of anger before calming down and deciding like, okay, I'm not going to give this letter or she was like waiting for the right time to give it to Mm -hmm. him. So she like just kept it with her, um, but you know, the police are probably thinking like, oh, that's a motive for him to like kill her and her friends. But like he's claiming he and and even her family kind of backed him up and was like, No, like actually everything as far as everybody's concerned is is actually fine. Right. So that was just like a weird cawinky dink with the evidence. Um that's weird. Yeah. So and then another kind of way they're looking at this case is through this wreckage that was found. So on July 6th, so a few days after, while they're um, doing another search of Lake Michigan's shoreline, debris was discovered and the wreckage was located washed up on the shore approximately three miles from where Anne, Patricia and Renee were last seen in the water um, and the Coast Guard inspected, um, oh, the Coast Guard inspected reports, but they found no one had reported a missing boat. So they're like, okay, we have this wreckage here, but, like, nobody reported this, okay, like, we don't know where it came from. Yeah, and like,
1: thinking that, too, you know, couldn't they just look to see where the boat is docked? Like, you have to store a boat somewhere, you know, but if it wasn't being docked there and came from someplace else, then...
0: Yeah, I guess it was just, like, in a random spot, just, like, a piece of a boat, which, like, you know, if you were really out in the water and you were, like, sinking, you would call for help and it would be documented. Right. Type of thing. Um, So, an air patrol of the encompassing area of the lake was ordered, but no further debris was discovered. And more importantly, there was still no trace of the three women. Um, And there was even divers, and they didn't detect anything. You know in that main area where they were seen in the water of course like I was saying Lake Michigan is fucking huge um but you know yeah I don't know yeah I mean like yeah you can only
1: dive so much but still yeah
0: right right so and then then there's this theory of like A second vote so appeals were made for information on the three women, which led to numerous claims of sightings and callers from Michigan, Wisconsin, Indiana, and Chicago all professed to have seen the women since the disappearance on Saturday, July 2nd, and none of the sightings were like confirmed. So the so I guess they got the media like super involved. Um because they realized, like, okay, this is, like, all the evidence we have. We need to kind of get the word out. Like, we have three young women disappeared. Like, we need to figure out what happened. So I th- I feel like it was, like, all over the news and the newspapers. So, like, everybody was kind of talking about it, which also, like, a con of that is that everybody is calling into this park service, and they're probably getting, like, hundreds of calls every day. And can they handle that? Probably not. But um, the most significant lead came from an Indiana man who had been filming on the beach that day. So this is the part about you know the rich white guy who was filming. (laughs) Just assuming he's white. Um, And okay, so he was filming. on the beach that day, and around the same time that the women were last seen, and after inspecting the footage and accumulating additional witness statements, two boats uh, became of special interest. So the first was the same boat mentioned by the young couple from the beach, um, which is like sixteen to eighteen foot trimaran, and which is that like three-hulled. Fiberglass boat, um, and he seemed certain. The sergeant seemed certain that the women had been on that boat, like looking at the footage. And the second boat of interest was a 26 to 28 foot cabin cruiser. And witnesses, including a lifeguard and an Indiana law a lawyer, informed detectives that they had seen three women climb aboard a boat with three men. Um an additional additional witnesses gave a comparable amount, but account but if there are that many people on the beach and that many boats right off where people are walking up to boats like <clears throat> there had to be several cases of three women getting on and off a boat with several different you know two men, one man, a whole group of people like you know like yeah, mm-hmm. it's just. I don't know it's a lot Uh so um let's see okay it says so there's additional you know additional witnesses whatever nine what did I say 9,000 people yeah um yeah so these sightings happened later in the day then oh so the sightings of the three women getting on a boat with three men, the bigger boat happened like later on in the day. So like, could they have left with the guy in his boat, the single guy, and then he brings them back and then they get on yeah. a boat with three other, yeah that's these the three problem. other guys. Like.
1: Happened. Yeah. So like,
0: so then, then they're like, were these two boats connected? Like was was there a reason they got on these two specific boats um and one instance theorized is that um the man on the smaller boat dropped off the women on the shore before returning with his associates oh okay in the larger cabin cruiser so like they're working together so could this be like you know i i don't know that you you could really go anywhere with what they could be working together um, but despite the best efforts of the law enforcement investigating the leads, um, there was still no trace of Ann Miller, Patricia Blau, and Renee Brule. And it's been, I think, I can't do math, 50-something years that this case yeah, has, like, not right. been solved.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, So. Um, so. And know. there's,
1: like, no evidence. Like, really, like, without a trace. Yeah. Like, vanished without a trace. That is so crazy.
0: Yeah, they left everything, which makes it, like, even creepier. Um, but then, like, okay, so <clears throat> could be they got on this boat and then there was an accident, like, back to the wreckage that they found, kind of. Kind of. So, um, let's see. So it's saying that the women could very well have been involved in an accident in which the boat they climbed aboard got into difficulty, crashed, and led to their deaths. Because if if your boat, like, gets a hole in it for some reason, I don't know, you hit something or whatever, you're going to call for help. Yeah. Well, if there's a tragic accident and, like, everybody drowns on the boat or, like, All you right. know, something where they can't call for help, then the boat will sink and there will be wreckage. So it wouldn't be... Um, you know nobody would know about it wouldn't be reported and I get um, a,
1: a huge lake like you said ocean like but I'm sorry like most people would have seen that or heard that or you know like if there's that many people there and that many people out on the water it just seems like unless they were really far away from where right, they
0: I don't know yeah and if it got to be like nighttime, time mm-hmm. it's creepy <laughs> yeah I, I don't know what
1: the
0: whole boat is gone, like not just them, yep. you know, like Right, yeah. right. True. Yes, true. So, um, okay, so it says despite a pretty extensive search, no wreckage was found, like from these two specific boats that they think it's from. So no boat no boats were reported missing around that day. And the four bodies, if you include the boat owner, um, and as a side note, no men were reported missing in the area that matched the description of the men described. So if there was another guy, like, wouldn't this guy be missing if there was an accident? You know what I mean? Like, wouldn't anybody be looking for him? Yes,
1: like, or these three men or whatever, yeah.
0: Yes, exactly. So, um, you know, that was kind of another weird thing. And add to that the fact that investigators weren't able to say how long the wreckage they did find was there for, and the boat crash theory begins to hold up like even less, I guess you could say. Um, So perhaps worth mentioning is an unlikely twist on the theory. Um, It is not impossible that an accident did occur in which the boat owner survived and ended up and covered up the incident to avoid blame. So like there could have been an accident with the women and the guy was like, I'm noping out of here and like never speaking of this. Again, and then all you have is that guy and his conscience and morals. So, would we know what happened? No. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um. And then another suggestion put forward by investigators was that the three women drowned after getting into trouble whilst swimming. Um, Park Superintendent William Svedek certainly seemed to believe this was the case at one point in the investigation and it hasn't um and it isn't hard to understand why he feels this way because obviously you immediately think of drowning when you hear somebody has an accident like on a boat or something you know (laughs) and it's the fourth of july i also think i read that like lake michigan on a yearly average like has more um i don't know if it was just deaths or like accidents and deaths I think it was just deaths like then the all the Great Lakes like combined have a year Mm. so it's like a lot of shit's going down on Lake Michigan in other words um so um, okay, so even though all three women were strong swimmers, according to reports, Lake Michigan's rip currents and cold waters can be a match for anyone, and I think it said one of them could swim, like, 20 miles. Oh,
1: wow.
0: Like, like she was just actually, like, a swimmer, and I didn't know anybody could swim for 20 miles, but, like, yeah. that's what it said. I think that was in the, the Chicago Tribune article, so either that was a uh, typo or i don't know but i was like damn 20 miles so but if they drowned
1: like wouldn't at some point their bodies come up yes
0: <laughs> okay that's, that that's what the other thing is like no body was like found, so. it was
1: submerged and stuck under something like after all these years something probably i don't know would have
0: come up right Right, exactly, and actually, like the literal next sentence in this article is the question of why none of the women's bodies were discovered. However, does point away from drowning yeah. because <laughs> no bodies were discovered. Um, and uh, then this is where we get to. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is where we get to the abortion theory, and this kind of oh, comes yeah. like I totally out of yeah, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, because it, it comes so out of left field, but then you're like, oh, damn, yeah, like, I feel like that's pretty damn plausible. So, shortly before the threesome, which I hate how they keep referring to them as the threesome, <laughs> because I'm an eighth grade boy. Um, shortly before they vanished from Indiana Dunes State Park, Ann Miller had apparently informed friends that she was pregnant, and I think she... People were saying she was like three months pregnant or something. Um, and it says in the years following the disappearances, uncorroborated stories have also alleged that Patricia Blau was also pregnant. and um I guess so though the the two girls, supposedly allegedly that were pregnant um were both like dating men who were married. Oh. So, yeah, so it was, like, yeah. extra sinful, <laughs> you know? Um, so And this is before Roe v. Wade, so mm-hmm. what the hell? Because I guess there was reports that, like, um, I don't remember if it was Anne or Patricia were saying to, like, another friend, oh, I think I'm just going to, like, go away to... um you know, a baby mother place, you know, which were common in that time where yeah. you'd like, oh, she's going to summer camp. And then you're gone for like a few months and then you come back and act like nothing happened and your baby's like adopted and you just have to go on with your life pretending like you didn't just give birth. Could you even? Imagine.
1: I insane
0: time. Like, that is the lengths women were willing to go. Like, yeah. there are legit women out there right now still to this day who, who like, that's their well, yeah, story. And they they may have never told anybody. Or hurting themselves,
1: about. you know, so they don't yes. have to have a baby. Like, we, I don't know if you've seen the show Yellow Jackets. <laughs> Anyone?
0: No, but. I'm waiting for it to be, like on some free streaming thing because yeah (laughs) i don't have apple
1: but we were watching it and that it's not like a spoiler or anything but they show like an attempted abortion with a clothes hanger oh my god and my husband like did not know that that was a thing you know and i was like yeah this is like how people used to give themselves abortions and i we have not watched it since because it was so like, it's a good show. We're going to go back to it. Like, we need to finish it. But, like, it's been yeah. so sorry to, like, see that. <laughs> that. Yes. It's just, like, that's what it was like this time. Throw yourself down the stairs, you know, yeah. maybe. Or, you know, yeah. Or go away and then pretend, like, you know, emotionally you're probably fucked up forever. Either way, you're
0: exactly. fucked up. You know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And, like, I was saying, at that time, abortion was still prohibited in Illinois. And this has led to the theory that at least one of the women died during an illegal abortion and the other two women then murder were murdered to cover it up. Yes. I remember this now. <laughs> see? Yes. See, this is exactly where I remembered hearing yeah. about this on other podcasts.
1: So they could have been meeting this man to go get the, yes, abortion. <gasps> yes.
0: an illegal abortion, which is extremely, extremely dangerous. Oh, my goodness.
1: Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, and First, like it's illegal. So he doesn't want to get caught. So he's going to murder the witnesses, right. you know? Yeah. Yes,
0: absolutely. Or okay. yeah. Or these two women will tell on him that he's doing this and there goes his life. Yeah. So um, all that we really know is that there's these two people, Helen and Frank Largo, and they were known to offer abortions for women in need. And their nephew Ralph Largo Jr., which, like, it's always the juniors. It's always the juniors. Um, He shared a home with the couple, Helen and Frank, and he admitted to being on the beach that day. But he, and he matched the description of the man on the boat. So the theory is that he collected the women, took them to a houseboat or cabin somewhere somewhere, to have the abortion or abortions and it's here, something went wrong and led to the murders of the other two women.
1: Oh, that is crazy, but totally. Yeah. But he, I totally see that happening. Although like believable, that'd be weird to have an abortion on a houseboat, but possible, you know?
0: Like. Yes. But like, what are the lengths you're willing to go if it's an illegal act and you don't really want anyone knowing that it's going I, on? It's, kind of gonna have to be in a cabin in a way, I'm thinking
1: suspicious yeah exactly mm-hmm. yeah
0: but of course there's one problem with the theory and it's that not one single piece of proof points to any of it having ever happened so um I don't know
1: it's a big theory it's, it's a big yeah okay big.
0: it is a big theory but like it's possible. I mean, again, this is still unsolved. Like, I guess we have to look at every possible thing.
1: I mean, it sounds like they looked into this couple in the sun and like there just wasn't any proof. I mean, obviously because there's no evidence of anything
0: like Right. And ho- who knows how many other missing women from this time, young women uh went off to sneak away to get a secret abortion, died in the process and then you think the the place that <laughs> you died at is going to be like, oh, here. I mean, maybe they would like leave you at the steps of a hospital or something. But then maybe you could like, yeah, yeah. Like if you're if you're dead, nobody knows what happened. So I I, I don't know. It's, it's like such a dangerous. Right. And you're probably scary. very few people that you're going exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah. So then you're not shouting it from the rooftops because women aren't just doing this left and right willy nilly like stupid people think like women are doing this using this as a birth control. No, they're not
1: very interested to see how many women actually call up their HR departments and ask to be have compensation to travel to another state to have an abortion because then you're like, I'm just like, it's such a private thing, you know, like, I mean, that's one thing that they're you know offering that because they have to but like you know
0: like who is nobody is proud about it and want and wants to be like rubbing in people's faces and like telling your HR person no it is a private personal thing oh god it's just infuriating it's just sickening um
1: yeah no one's you know yeah looking either yeah
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so then it says in this article, um, it says, it seems outlandish to me, so the person writing this article, that any woman would go to um, have an abortion in a swimsuit, not taking any clothes for after the procedure, and yeah. that's, like, even more bizarre. Um, also, why would you arrange to get picked up in the water, you know?
1: And it wasn't There's... the wallet and purse left behind I'm sure you have to pay yes, for abortion.
0: everything, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah I mean everything so it is like maybe they were just so naive they're like yeah we'll meet you in the water and then just didn't think to bring anything else with that I I I don't know I mean or I mean
1: also just seem not that possible that one like psycho dude just murdered three women but maybe you know like right it's happened you know it's definitely happened before but
0: yep Yeah, and then there's a theory that they ran off to start a new life. So, during the investigation, Sergeant Burke learned that all three women had personal problems. And this led to the feasibility that Ann Miller, Patricia Blau, and Renee Brühl had planned their disappearance from the beach that day. Um, So, the letter found amongst Renee's belongings pointed towards her being unhappy in her marriage, Ann Miller, meanwhile, had reportedly told her friends she was three months pregnant with the child's father said to be a married man, and Anne suggested she would enter a home for un- unwed mothers when the time came. So, um, I think I was talking about that earlier. Mm-hmm. So, Patricia, Blau- Patricia Bow Bow I don't know, really know how to pronounce it. Um, I probably have said it different every single time I've said it. <laughs> um but patricia apparently had even told a friend that she was going to leave and that no one would ever find her which is like a weird thing to say to someone but i guess like some people are so dramatic like i right. guess i can picture like some people saying that just to like make other people be like oh my god no don't leave but like you would remember if someone was talking about leaving and like nobody would will ever, ever be able to find me like very dramatic um
1: so why they left all their stuff like their belongings their id mm you know
0: but wouldn't they take money like cash i mean five bucks is five bucks
1: maybe yeah right i don't know yeah i mean the thing is also like clothing or something but but maybe whoever's helping them like has clothing that you know
0: right they have everything there so they're like purposefully like leave everything so it looks as suspicious as possible
1: i don't know like okay we have the internet today right and i wouldn't even know how to go about looking to find someone to help me start a new life so back in the day and sorry like not you know these women are like very kind of controlled it seems like you know so like how are they even like finding the time to you know like find someone to help them start a new life i don't know
0: I know I know it's well it's crazy but we (laughs) I am about to get into like it's almost like the mob kind of thing I don't know okay so months prior to the disappearances Patricia had said um, bruising on her face so she had bruises on her face was due to trouble with the well-known quote horse syndicate so remember they're all three like friends from the stable. They're all connected to this uh stable. Yes. So the horse syndicate, which is like, I guess like the horse mob was a criminal network involving trainers, veterinarians, owners, and riders who killed horses to collect insurance money, which is just about as like skeezy as you could get.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. That's awful.
0: Yeah. So it's theorized the women somehow became involved with the syndicate and needed to escape. So of course for this theory to be plausible, the driver of the boat would almost certainly have to be part of the plan. So like this is all planned out. Um, And then it says items left on the beach that day perhaps suggest this wasn't the case. Renee Brule had 55 in checks in her purse, which is over $400 in today's time. And Patricia Blau had $5 in her purse Um, Away from the beach, Patricia had also just won $900, which is over $7,000 in today's money. So, like, that's a decent little chunk of change. But she had just won that with a horse that was in a race in Winnipeg, Uh, and she never collected the money.
1: Oh, I mean, so, yeah, for all intents and purposes, it seems like there were reasons for them to come back and not start. Over again.
0: Right. Or or if you're going to start a new life, um, nine hundred dollars yeah. is certainly gonna help you. So why not collect the cash and mm-hmm. then leave unless you have been squirreling away other money and it's at a new place and you just, you know, are really committed to just literally leaving. And that's that's actually the advice that they gave in that criminal episode. Um, that we were talking about in the first episode of the series, right. mm-hmm. where, you know, Phoebe Judge is interviewing some guy. I think he's somebody like in the FBI or something who, like, tries to track these people who have been suspected of like faking their deaths or something. But he's like, you literally have to leave everything. Like yeah. for people to think you're really dead and like that you're just completely gone, you cannot tell one person you cannot leave any or you you have to leave everything. Sorry. You have to leave every single thing. Like you have to have everything all set like new identity already set to go with money in that name. Like you know, like, nothing to cause a red flag, which, like, who would know how to do that? Like,
1: unless that's you're some exactly criminal mastermind. Like, how would you even know to how to go about that? Where would you even learn how to do that? You don't have the internet. And also, like we've said before, it was a lot easier, though, to disappear back in the day, yes. like, because of that.
0: Yep, that's true. That's true. Um. So, okay, so here's kind of more about the horse syndicate. They're obviously not nice people. Um, And amongst the nastiest of the bunch was a man named Silas Jane. And as mentioned previously, Patricia Blau had previously mentioned a run-in with the syndicate. And the three women um, also had horses at the stables of Silas's bitter rival, his half-brother George.
1: Oh, let's hear about these guys.
0: Yes, so the potential trigger point most often associated with this theory is in connection to a failed attempt on the life of george jane in june 1965 so like a year earlier a car bomb meant for george took the life of 22 year old cheryl lynn rude at the tricolor stables which is where the three girls had horses, and one of them worked, and was owned by George, the rival of the head of the horse syndicate. Oh my god, oh my god uh, okay. so this this woman was moving his car, and this Silas Jane had like planted a bomb in his car, but this poor woman went to go move it, and she was the victim of this crime. Um, And it had has god, been suggested. That's so crazy. Yeah, yeah, which is like insane mob shit, right? I, I mean, like my boss's
1: car so many times back in the day.
0: <laughs> oh my god. Now that I really think about it, thank, thank God my- she doesn't have a bitter rival. <laughs>
1: yeah, yep. Yeah. At my very oh my first god. job, he would always ask me to move his car. So. <laughs>
0: That is so weird. Could you imagine asking now? Like, I feel like that would be, like, a gun Oh, yeah. All.
1: And that's why I'm not there anymore.
0: There was a lot of <laughs> reasons. You're like, don't get me started. that something don't to ask me, to me that were not appropriate, so. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Oh, but, like, God.
1: What if you, you're, you this lady is just, like, moving her boss's car, you know? And mm-hmm. here's just death. now. That's so crazy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um... So it's been suggested that Ann Miller, Patricia Blau, and Renee Brule were eyewitnesses to that event of this woman exploding in the Cadillac, and thus why they were hushed in an order, in a hit ordered by Silas Jane. So he's like, oh shit, there's like these witnesses, and he was supposed to die, but this woman died. So that's like gone wrong. We don't need any witnesses to this explosion. Like blah, 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 whatever. So um, Silas Jane was unquestionably capable of such an act. In fact, Silas served a prison sentence for ordering a hit and was suspected of others. And the hit that he was sentenced for occurred on October 28, 1970, when he finally fulfilled a promise made to his half brother, which was this George who owned the other stable and on his own son's 16th birthday, George Jane was killed, shot through the heart under the orders of Silas Jane.
1: Damn. Yep.
0: Yeah, happy 16th throat. birthday.
1: Cut throat.
0: Yeah. Like, oh. that is so fucked. That's, like, so personal, too, to do it, like, on... Yeah. That's, like, you want to hurt the son even times a million more, like dam um so another intriguing account also adds to the feasibility of silas jane being involved and sometime following the indiana dunes mystery silas jane allegedly made a confession to a local sheriff although he didn't mention the women by name he apparently did confess that three bodies were buried on his land um Blah, 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 blah okay the sheriff took the claim seriously and began forming plans to search the premises however before the search could start the sheriff was killed in an apparent farming accident suspicious after oh, the sheriff's
1: that's horrific
0: <laughs> yeah and like that is obviously done at the hands of Sil- Silas Jane I'm like completely convinced uh, after the sheriff's death the lead was dropped and no search took place oh. so these three rom- women really There's couldn't be buried
1: again they're, they're crazy and i'm just like i know this town
0: <laughs> i know i know um, one person of interest in relation to Jane- Silas Jane is a-, a known associate of his named Ed neefeld neefeld was a serving police officer um had been the go-between in the hiring of a hitman to carry out the murder of george jane and the reason ed Neffold is of interest in the disappearances of ann miller patricia blau and renee brule is all uh is an insurance claim he reportedly lodged several days um after mm-hmm. They were last seen. Oh, okay. Several days after they were last seen. So he supposedly notified his insurance company that a boat he owned had been destroyed in an accidental fire. Uh. And if the story is true, the timing of it would make him a pretty compelling suspect. Yeah. Very. Yeah.
1: So I'd say I'm definitely thinking I'm leaning towards the horse syndicate now.
0: I know, right? I I don't remember hearing about this. Yeah, no, In not ringing about any of the podcasts. Uh, yeah, like, I remembered about, like, oh, yeah, this, like, crazy secret island where they gave abortions. Because, like, that's just somehow why I, like, what I thought when I heard about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, this horse syndicate really raising some eyebrows. And uh, despite unmistakably, no, unmistakably... Being a dre- Okay. Despite unmistakably being a dreadful human being, it has to be said that the evidence that exists against Silas Jane being involved in the women's disappearances is actually very little. It must also be said that a hit ordered to take place on a packed beach also seems a little out of the ordin- ordinary and overly risky. But you never know at what lengths these guys are willing to go for a hit.
1: Yeah, I mean and if like, okay, so there could be a crossover, like if these guys are out the stables and the girls are at the stables or whatever. Say someone in the horse syndicate found out one of them was pregnant and they're already in like a illegal group, right? You know, doing illegal things and shady yep. stuff. So they're probably like, Hey, I can hook you up with an abortion, like come here, you know, and we'll we'll take care of everything, you know, and then they kill them, you
0: know. Oh yeah. Yeah, that definitely well, could be well,
1: it. you find a legal abortion doctor, probably, you know, the mob, I'm definitely thinking knows. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think also this is like the most likely, I mean, it's obviously the most closely, closely related link they have to like any criminal thing, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so this, um... I'm surprised this unsolvedcasebook.com does not have, um, anything about this psychic. So part of the Chicago Tribune article, which is really good. And, um, again, if you're like waiting at a doctor's office or whatever, any kind of waiting room, look into this Chicago Tribune article because, um, well, first of all, it's a really long read. It took me like 30 minutes to read it. Um, so it has like way more information, like more details. But it does kind of center around there was a psychic around the time when this case was kind of like really in the news. And she wrote a letter um, to the police department saying like, um, these girls are buried at an abandoned cabin on the shores of the lake out front there's um a beach chair with a broken like busted up bottom to this to the chair of the beach chair
1: specific
0: so yeah so the i think what happened was like the main person on the case died or retired or whatever. And then a new, or was it the guy that died in the farming equipment with the farm? I don't know. But anyway, so a new person came on like years, years, years later and started looking through the evidence, like mm-hmm. combing through the evidence and found this letter from a psychic. And he's like, well, listen, listen, I think we should kind of look into this because why not? You know what I mean, right yeah, so, so he goes i I believe this was right when this Chicago Tribune article was written like nineteen seventy six I think
1: uh, well the- seventy nine was written in 87, it says. And it, oh, 87.
0: It's called, thank you. Yes.
1: And it's called Without a Trace, in case they are interested. Thank
0: you. Thank you. Thank you. Breaking. Yes. Yes. So, um... That was... What was I saying? <laughs> now I don't remember. I've literally so-read that. The psychic. Did anything help Yes. The it? psychic. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So, this new detective or whoever... Was like, okay, let's get a couple guys out and we'll find this place. So they do find an abandoned cabin with a beach chair out front that had, like, a busted-up bottom. And they start digging around. Digging, digging, digging. And they don't find anything. I think they dug for, like, three days. Wow. They don't find a goddamn thing. So...
1: So that there is a cabin that's, you know, she's described it very specifically and they found it.
0: Yes. But also, I guess worth noting is that um, in the article, it did say that, like, the dunes from the lake could shift the landscape of Mm -hmm. that cabin. Like, it's close enough right to the water. Like, it's right on the dunes. It could shift the sand, either put 30 feet of sand on top of that area, or take away 30 feet of sand. So, like, it's always shifting and changing. Um, And, you know, it was just, like, a group of, like, three cops out there, like, digging around. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they're not digging, like, 20 feet down into the ground or whatever with their shovels. So, anyway... They did look into it, I guess, as much as they could. Um, Yeah. So that was kind of, like, the whole psychic aspect of it, which I thought was interesting because I feel like, yeah, in the, like, late 80s was, like, prime time for, like, yeah, all right, let's, like, get the psychics involved.
1: (laughs) I know, I feel like now that doesn't happen as much, but and, like, most of the time when it does happen, when psychics, like, you know, volunteer themselves for the police, like,
0: it's Nothing comes of it, um, right? It does lead to dead ends and
1: yeah. So that's uh, why I'm surprised that like they did actually find something that was what she said, you know. But
0: they didn't find yeah. It. So well, that's like the disappearance of Renee, Patricia, and Anne, and we still to this day don't know what happened. And I hope I answered any questions you would have because at some point I was just reading and I don't know what I was saying. So <laughs> I hope that made sense.
1: No, I mean I yes, I definitely remember this now. And I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, cold case is definitely a good one for the disappearances series. Um, yeah, wow. Like, and it's so hard not as a one person disappearing, it's all three. It's just so everything about this case is like so difficult to pull off. <laughs> yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, I know. It it's really truly bizarre because they were saying too like you know, and like we talked about, I think in, in our first episode of this series, most disappearance cases, and this park ranger was saying, um, most disappearances at the lake there on their shores, they're solved. Like, they end up just being, oh, we found them, you know, oh, they came back. So, most People who disappear or have accidents or even try to fake their own death are actually usually found. So, yeah, it's oh my just God, really sad.
1: I live in San Diego, like almost anytime you're at the beach, there's some sort of like announcement about some elderly person or child that's missing. Oh, no. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. You know?
0: Oh, my God. I know, but it's true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then they're, oh, I'm over here. I'm just getting some ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean,
1: yeah for that many people to be there and no one have seen anything except for you know this couple or you know just a few people that you talked about but yeah oh my gosh wow I like it's one of these ones where I'm like will we ever know and probably not we won't. <laughs> it, won't. And it bothers me
0: <laughs> yeah we will not know and um yeah so good luck sleeping tonight pondering what happened to these three women because Maybe you can solve the case. Yeah. No? Oh, my gosh. Maybe. Well,
1: good job. That was a good one. Yeah. Um, to wrap up the series. Yeah, we hadn't done a woman. We hadn't really done a, a um, you know, a crime like that, really, you know, as far as disappearances. So I think we kind of, you know, hit all the different types of disappearances for the most, yeah.
0: you know. Um, I mean, we could always go back to it at a later date, you know. plenty of missing persons cases and disappearances and all of the above so next week I think we're going to be a little bit more lighthearted, um possibly with our new series
1: I think we're gonna mix it up we're not gonna you know maybe focus more on places than people but
0: yeah might still be true crimey you know because that is what we really do love (laughs) um but, wow, okay, well, I hope any of that made sense, and, um, yeah, that w- that one was for the women, so.
1: Hit us up on the gram, let us know what you want us to talk about, um, or what you want to learn more about, or any comments you have about these cases that we've been covering, so. Yeah,
0: Love comments, you. questions, concerns, you guys are the best, thanks for listening, Bye! <laughs>